This is Plant-Based Briefing, The Human Rights Issues Behind Fashion's Animal Supply Chains, Part 1, by Emma Hawkinson at goodonyou.eco. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is the curated content plant-based podcast, where I narrate articles on plant-based and compassionate, healthy, eco-friendly living, with permission, in about 10 minutes or less every weekday. And today's article is longer than that, so it's a two-parter. I'm reading Part 1 today, and tomorrow will be Part 2. It's from goodonyou.eco, the world's leading source for fashion brand ratings. Their website and their app help us understand that we can all play a part in driving fashion to be more sustainable and ethical by choosing to wear clothes from ethical labels and by re-wearing, recycling, swapping, and thrifting. They're a group of campaigners, fashion professionals, scientists, writers, and developers who care for our planet, people, and animals and help drive the whole industry to be more sustainable and fair. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. The Human Rights Issues Behind Fashion's Animal Supply Chains, Part 1, by Emma Hawkinson at goodonyou.eco. Let's break down some of the human rights issues in animal-derived material supply chains and how we can support a more just fashion system for all. When we talk about the ethics of wearing leather, wool, cashmere, silk, and other animal-derived materials, usually we think of the animals those materials are made of, as we should. However, humans working in fashion's animal supply chains are often harmed far more than we may first realize. Humans are technically animals too, and we have more in common with non-human animals than we have differences. Most importantly, we're all sentient beings who think and feel. Because of this crucial similarity, some advocate the importance of vegan fashion and animal rights, and others speak out against exploitative and unethical labor practices that hurt humans. But what about when these issues become intertwined? What about the people who work in the supply chains that transform animals into materials? What is their experience like? Let's break down some of the human rights issues in animal-derived material supply chains and how we can support a more just fashion system for all. Slaughterhouse workers. Slaughterhouse workers are part of many fashion supply chains, though we mightn't think of them when we ask, who made my clothes? Since animal-derived materials like leather, down, and others are not byproducts but profitable income streams for the fashion industry, even the wool industry is part of a slaughtering system, sadly, when buying clothing made of animals, we're almost always contributing to the funding of slaughterhouses. No one really wants to work in a slaughterhouse, as most of us can't bear the thought of hurting an animal, let alone killing them. So vulnerable communities are left to do it. Across the United Kingdom, the United States, Australia, and many other places, a large portion of these workers are migrants, undocumented people, people of color, people with less access to education, and refugees. In Canada, refugees have even been offered express entry away from danger if they agree to work inside a slaughterhouse, as there is a lack of people willing to do the work. The leather in our shoes or bags is taken from dead cattle by these slaughterhouse workers, and there are many ways this impacts them, both physically and mentally. The mental and physical tolls of the job. Working in a slaughterhouse is dangerous. Serious injuries are common, with the health and safety executive labeling UK abattoirs as an industry at the top end of its concern level. Human Rights Watch referred to U.S. slaughterhouse work as the most dangerous factory job in the country. Slaughtering lines are increasingly fast and have even caused some worker deaths. And during the COVID-19 crisis, workers were disproportionately infected with the virus while facing unjust and illegally poor work conditions. Unsurprisingly, working in an industry that is fueled by the killing of animals can take a mental toll on the people in it, too. 
Many slaughterhouse workers have suffered perpetration-induced stress disorder, considered by the Yale Global Health Review as the psychological consequences of the act of killing. Symptoms include drug and alcohol abuse, anxiety, depression, paranoia, and dissociation. Essentially, it's like PTSD that comes about due to being the direct reason for another being's trauma. These conditions are sometimes linked to suicidal tendencies by workers and even increased violent crime rates against surrounding communities. Cruelty-free products on the rise. Fortunately, there are plenty of materials that are not born of slaughter-based supply chains. Whether it's an organic cotton knit or a cactus leather bag, the options available today are continually growing. According to List's Conscious Fashion Report, searches for vegan leather have risen by 69% year-on-year, while searches for real fur have declined 8% year-by-year. We may have a cruelty-free fashion system sooner than we realize. Farm Workers If we go farther back into the supply chains, behind animal-derived materials, we find living animals and the places they are kept and raised until they are killed. For ducks whose feathers end up in down jackets, these are usually factory farms where they do not have access to sunlight or water they can properly bathe in. For sheep and cattle in the wool, sheepskin, and leather industries, it's pasture and then often feedlots. So what's it like to be a human working in these places with these animals? The reality of farm life for people and animals. To answer this question, we have to understand some more of what goes on in farms that we aren't always aware of. Many animals face painful and brutal treatment, for example, tail docking or horn disbudding. Neither of these painful procedures requires pain relief by law. Farm workers, not the people who own the farm and call the shots, perform these sad tasks. One farm worker named Tony, who grew up on sheep farms in Australia producing wool and meat, told Collective Fashion Justice, It's hard to say what was most confronting about working on the farm. We are brought up with the death and abuse of animals. I did ask once about the lambs limping off after mulesing, where their skin is sliced off their backside. My heart broke. The farmers reply, they're just stupid sheep. Another farmer, Jay Wild, who grew up in farming and took over his dad's cattle farm in the United Kingdom, said he had to steal himself to send the animals he had connected with to the slaughterhouse, and that you couldn't help thinking, do they know what's really in store for them, and wondering if they knew that you would betray their trust in you. Jay transitioned into plant-based farming and shared his story in an award-winning short film linked here. But the issues facing farm workers are not only mental. According to Fashion Revolution's Out of Sight report, cattle ranching in Brazil accounts for more than 60% of the nation's dirty list, a list of employers that are linked to labor trafficking, debt bondage, and other forms of forced labor. Brazil is one of the top producers of cattle skins that are tanned and produced into leather. The report stated that similar poor working conditions, labor trafficking, and instances of forced labor are documented across some communities in Paraguay and Vietnam and their leather industries. Many fashion brands aren't transparent about where the skins they use come from initially, nor where they were finished or tanned, making these problems even more complex and challenging to untangle, if not avoiding leather. Transparency is increasing. Injustice often thrives in darkness, and so it is very positive that transparency is increasing all across the fashion industry. Technologies like FiberTrace are working to improve fashion's transparency through supply chains. Similarly, Fashion Revolution continues to highlight issues in the industry and harness the power of people for good. Remember, what we choose to buy, not buy, and say to brands is important. Shearers and Herders 
Those paid to shear sheep for the wool industry are not paid per hour of work, but instead based on the amount of wool in weight or the number of sheep they shear. These kinds of payment rates are similar to a piece rate that garment workers face, where they're paid per garment they sew rather than for their time working. This can result in workers being paid below the minimum wage, and because of the incentive for speed, it can also mean higher rates of cuts and injuries for sheep and workers alike. The industry faces high rates of work-related deaths, injuries, and illnesses. Shearing sheds are often fairly small sheds out in the bush. This results in the facilities for workers being below what is acceptable to offer any person. For example, one shearer told the ABC that safety conditions were just getting progressively worse and stated that workers often didn't have access to a toilet, running water, or proper safety equipment. The same ABC report noted that some shearers recognize a drug problem in the industry and that the Australian Workers' Union has received two dozen reports of illegal payment in drugs and cash. You just listened to The Human Rights Issues Behind Fashion's Animal Supply Chains, Part 1, by Emma Hawkinson at GoodOnYou.eco, and I'm Marian Erickson, your host. Tune in tomorrow for the second half of this article, where we'll learn about herders in the cashmere industry, silk industry workers, including child labor issues, tannery workers, and what we can do as conscious consumers. And please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.